Welcome aboard. This is John, in the Edda Bay. I know this is probably your first episode, and you'd think it was ours too. It seems that in the few months that Ian and I haven't been recording, we completely forgot how to use our microphones and how to set the settings correct in our editing software. So just a bit of a heads up that the audio in this episode is a little wonky. I did my best to clean it up. But it may sound like Ian is recording with a tin can on a string, and my mic may sound like I am trying to eat it. So sorry folks, I'm sure we'll do better next time. After all, this was our 60-ish <clears throat> recording, and we're still getting used to our programming. Tonight, we're not dead. More at 11. Welcome, everybody, to Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. Uh, I am uh, recently thawed out from Carbonite. My name is Ian. Joining me always is my co-host, who has been away on an uncharted planet, John. John, how are you doing? Uh, I threw out my back this weekend, but other than that, pretty okay. Well, you shouldn't have been going and exploring the Unknown Regions without proper support for your back. Um, yeah, so we're back, and hello, audience. We really didn't realize that our last post was in, like, February, because there's been a lot of life stuff happening. Not life day stuff, that is later in the year, but life stuff in general. So we were kind of on a unintentional hiatus for uh, a little while, but we are back and reposting stuff, posting a couple new episodes coming up soon. Got some great stuff ready to record for you guys, including finishing up Mandalorian. So that should be fun. But yeah, so John, what have you been up to during the little uh, break that is uh, Star Wars inspired or related? As you mentioned, we, we both kind of lost track of time. I think that's a very common theme with a lot of people and this fun year we've been having. Which is weird, because I think we I, I talked about this on the last episode, that you'd think with the lockdowns that we had, uh, a lot of people, a lot of staying home, that we would get a lot more stuff done. But, if, at least for me, like, my motivation to do anything, when I'm presented with, I have I, I have time to do it, it drops to zero. Which is mm -hmm. why all, all of my uh, costumings for cons is usually done in the week before the con. <laughs> you, you've been over here uh, the week before Comic-Con. The apartment strewn with fabric and glue and wood and um, yeah, it's pretty terrifying actually. Um, but what have I been up to that is Star Wars related since February? Well, I don't know if it was mentioned on the last episode, but I had put in an order for a set of Mud Trooper armor from the Solo movie. Hashtag make Solo two happen. I think if you say the hashtag, it happens quicker and. I got an update from the shop saying that they were going to uh, redo the mold to make it closer to the 501st Legion CRL, their guideline for making it the most screen accurate. And they wanted to know if I wanted to wait uh, to get the updated version. And I said, sure, why not? And that was two months ago, I think. And I'm watching on their Instagram post that they're getting closer and closer to getting, getting to my kit, which is fun to see uh, on that Instagram. Oh. Is, is that tiny part in the corner my part? I hope it's my part. Since then, I've been also getting all the soft parts for that uniform or that costume, trying to source the the rarer parts off eBay and off um, Finnish military surplus sites, 
where I found one of the items for far cheaper, including shipping back to the States, than I could anywhere stateside, which is a good, nice personal win. Yep, doesn't make economic sense, but it's a good personal win. Yeah, it did work, worked out. And on top of that, I've been, I got a 3D printer, purchased it from our, our buddy over there at Trooper Bay. I've been printing uh, miscellaneous parts for the Mud Trooper costume. Um, one of the other projects I've been working on with the printer is uh, a DL-44 from the Solo movie. Hashtag make Solo 2 happen. The variant that Beckett breaks down and gives to Han Solo. So it's the full-length rifle version. And I am currently waiting on a airsoft replica of the DL-44 to come in from Hong Kong. Which, again, overseas and with shipping was still cheaper than I could find it in the States. Which, as as you said, Ian, is ridiculous uh, economics economically. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I'll take it. And uh, I learned recently that while I was researching this this particular item, that they used this particular airsoft gun in the movie. Like the the prop team purchased uh, this particular one to use. So if you look at um the the Star Wars show a while ago. Uh, showed off the blaster, and you can see on the bottom of the magazine where the magazine is the little spot where you would fill it with um, compressed air. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, if I recall correctly from like uh, a Rogue One interview or something too, they actually made several of the guns based off of airsoft mm-hmm. guns or gas-powered things, just so that they would give a, a little bit of a realistic kick when yeah. being yeah. used on screen. Some sort of feedback to the user. Which just kind of looks better than, you know, in, in my experience of high school movie making, and I'm sure you do, you, you, you're you familiar with this as well as grabbing a, an airsoft gun or whatever that isn't loaded and not firing and then doing the exaggerated but completely inaccurate like shoulder jerk back or arm raise up every time there's a quote unquote shot fired. Well, what's nice with the airsoft ones, at least when I've been playing around in my apartment, is you tend not to make the pew-pew noise yourself when <laughs> a gun is doing something that's actively moving or making a noise by itself. Yeah, 100%. And then you just made, uh, you just 3D printed the barrel for Jin's pistol, didn't you? Yes, a it is an A180. I had, previously from when I used to do steampunk stuff, I had a a German Luger airsoft gun that it just it had a cool aesthetic. And when I saw in Rogue One that they just kind of slapped a silver tube on top of one, I was like, oh, that's cool. And I made one, like I made a, the barrel sleeve out of PVC a while ago. Um, but with this 3D printer, I'm able to print out a a nice quality with like the different, um, I don't want to say gray blades, but the... Additional parts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the yeah the details that uh, I wouldn't be able to replicate, or at least I wouldn't replicate because I'm lazy <laughs> on the PVC one. It's uh, less of a laziness thing, really, and more of like a, just the amount of parts you would need to source mm-hmm. in order to it. Like, it's not very cost effective, right? And or time effective. What's really cool is that the uh, the pistol will still fire. Or at least it looks I haven't been able to test it yet. The paint's still drying. So that will add that to my arsenal of airsoft guns that are also functioning Star Wars props. Wait, no, flip that. Star Wars props that are functional airsoft guns. You got it. 
Yeah. There. So I have I have the E11, which is based off a British Sterling submachine gun. I have Cassian's A280 sniper rifle, which is based off an M4 or an AR15. I'll have the Han Solo DL44 coming in, which will also be a rifle variant. And then now I have the A180. And as as I was mentioning to you earlier, Ian, uh, earlier today, that all my guns are from the Star Wars story movies, which I, I thought was kind of funny. Like the, the E11, of course, has been in Star Wars for 40 years, but the particular variant that I built was specifically made to mimic the, the Rogue One version. So right. two blasters from Rogue One, no, three blasters from Rogue One and one from Solo. Hashtag make Solo 2 happen. And we just uh, we just repaired my Merson mm. as well, which is Not. a DL44 knockoff gun type thing. I think it only ever appeared in Legends or something. No, the uh, Imperial forces had them. I, I believe there's um, I believe the officer in command of the Indoor bunker had one. Oh, um, okay. If I remember right, it has been a while since I. Looked up that particular prop. Because <laughs> right. right, it, it's just a DL44 without a scope. Yeah, no scope and two weird like vents protruding out of the sides. I guess the only other thing I've been working on, uh, which is something I've apparently been working on for like three years, is the next phase of the Star Tours flight deck crew costume I'm working on with Ian. And I've basically remade the vest for, I think, or the... The jumpsuit, I think, for the third time. But this one's much better. And I have a post about it. This has been ready to post since maybe December. But every time I go to post it, I think I need to change something. Or I'll, I'll post that tomorrow in the afternoon while I'm at work. And then I completely forget to do that. So uh, so what I'm hearing is uh, Ian needs to see if there are ready posts and then bug John about them. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I just need to set it on like a timer to go out. But but that that that's it for me. Ian has any interesting or life changing things happened? Let's say since February for you. I spent the last couple months uh, participating in an EMT class, and then right now I'm studying to pass the national exam. But uh, you know, me being me, my whole Star Warsness came across pretty pretty easily. Uh, during the class, and one of the instructors was also a really big Star Wars guy, so that was really cool to kind of hang out with him and, and chat about that kind of stuff, and uh, maybe we'll uh, have him on on a future podcast. We'll see. Um, got some ideas brewing there. In addition, uh, because of my impending, hopefully my impending employment, I decided that now was a better time to start working on the Purge Trooper armor that has been sitting uh, in a box since last july because i've been too scared to touch it john and i just started working on cutting out the parts and continue that weekend to weekend and probably make a imperial propaganda post about that as well uh once it gets to be in a more uh a more solidified state and not just the hunks of plastic sitting in the garage I, I was i was wondering if we should start taking pictures when we were trimming it uh last weekend or the weekend before. But then I thought, why don't we wait till we have it all trimmed? That way people won't be mad at us when they see how badly we are trimming it. 
I mean, they're going to be mad at us <laughs> when they see how poorly we've trimmed it anyway. And we still have plenty to cut. So we'll, we'll nab a few picks uh, during oh, that time. And I, I, I do want to mention that both Ian's Perch Trooper armor uh, and slash Phase 2 clone armor and my Mud Trooper armor are both from the same company, a place out of Pensacola, Florida called 850 Armor Works or 850 Armor Works. I'm assuming it's their area code. Um, which makes no sense to me because I live in an 858 area code and they're in Florida with a 850 area code. I don't know area codes. I have, I have their business card right in front of me and you are accurate. It is their area code. Uh, I do want to give a shout out though to Michael, I think his name is, who, who runs 850 Armor Works and just him and his family who have just been tirelessly working to get through... <clears throat> backlogs of orders because you know during the pandemic uh a lot of people are using their stimulus checks to get armor and you know the the amount of time and care and love that goes into to these sets is is really unrivaled so special thanks to them like i i one of the things that made me really happy is uh you know i ordered the helmet for the purge trooper and it was on pre-order and it wasn't expected to be here until october which I was perfectly fine with, because, like, you know, what con are we going? We're not. It's not like I have to have it ready by any particular time. But I got an email back almost immediately after I ordered it. I think it was, like, two days or maybe a day with them saying, hey, you know, normally we, this is a, you know, this is a pre-order item, and normally we wait until we have at least three pre-orders before we begin production on these. But we're going to start production on it. Um... So just sit tight and don't worry about it. And like, I don't, you know, I don't need it by any particular time, but the fact that they even considered, you know, oh, one person wants this item, let's start working on it. Even with, you know, all of the, all of the orders that they need to get in, that was, that was, you know, customer service at its best. So, and the, the helmet mold has been popping up in some of, some of their Instagram posts. So I'm like, haha, that's me. That's that's yeah. for me. You know, it's actually featured today. Awesome. <laughs> and they, they've been working really hard too, especially because uh, when the pandemic first hit, it pretty much just shut down production on the plastics that they use to make the armor. So they have this huge backlog. So thank you, everybody working over there. Your your hard work has not gone unnoticed. Uh, we we really appreciate it, at least here at Hoth Topics, and it's it's quality stuff too. Like we've been cutting the parts for the Perch Trooper armor, and it looks as it should. So, yeah, and and like you said, there's we don't have any upcoming cons, uh, so I'm totally fine with waiting. And it gave me a lot of time to work on the soft parts for uh, my Mud Trooper costume. So uh, I I handmade the tunic, which was very similar to the Imperial Officer tunics I've made in the past. I uh, still haven't made the pants, but I think those are the two biggest soft parts that I can make. And everything else is pretty much off-the-shelf type stuff besides the armor. Right. But, and then I think the only part we need to make for the ground crew Star Tours is the vest. Right. Um, there's, a, there's a couple tweaks I want to do on the flight suit that I have noted in the post that has been ready to be posted for a couple <laughs> months. Uh, <laughs> like, um, there's a couple seams I want to redo. They, they don't, I got a new sewing machine and it took me a while to get used to how it, you, I, how it, how it moves, how it pulls the fabric. I mean, some of the seams aren't 
as straight as I'd like them to be, even though like the seams would be hidden. I want to make it look good. Um, yeah, but yeah, sure. it, we're we're uh, we're thinking about vests. I'm I'm thinking something something in between the the Rogue One, Cassian, and or Rebel Pathfinder flak vest and the the vests that are worn by the smugglers run cast members at Disneyland. Very similar. Uh, I, I like the idea of the the cast member style costume because then it would tie it to the park a little bit more. Especially right. since, like the series of what is now three costumes I have aren't necessarily they're not cast uniforms. Like they they're more based in the Star Wars, like the actual Star Wars universe. And I would describe them as uh Cast uniforms reimagined as in-universe uh, uniforms. Exactly. The best compliment uh, me and my friend Catherine ever got in these costumes is we had a couple uh, Disney Imagineers stop us and tell us like how much they liked our costumes, and I thought that was really cool. Or that one and people asking us how we stole them out of the park, which <laughs> Catherine, uh, as a as a cast member uh, was really nervous about that <laughs> somehow that would get back and they would think that she actually stole the, the uniforms. Well, I mean, anybody who would care about the stolen uniforms would also be the same people who would be informed enough to realize that those are not actual uniforms. I don't know. It's not like the guy who pointed at me in my uh, black stormtrooper officer outfit and was like, you're Boba Fett, right? I was like, sure. Yeah. yeah okay. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett where? Um, <laughs> though, uh, real quick, a uh, shout out to the Disneyland Paris Star Tours cast members who have what I believe are the best looking of the Star Tours uniforms. The Disneyland <laughs> ones out here in California are the original ones, like the, the orange jumpsuits with the zippers slightly like barely tacked onto the front are terrible looking. Um, <laughs> however, I will I will be adding something similar to Ian's flight vest just to just just to get that little tie in, uh, but not zippers because as we know, zippers do not exist in Star Wars universe, and neither do nope. buttons except for when they do. Yep, everything is uh, it, it, it's it's buckled on or it's held on through magic. Or so. The Force, yeah. Yeah, the Force. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's uh, an update on sort of costumey things that uh, that have been going down. Um, I, rec- I read uh, the High Republic book and did a podcast with the San Diego Sabres uh, book club group a couple months ago. Check that out. That was a, that was a great read, and I really enjoyed it. And um, I have the next couple book the into the dark book which i have to read still uh it kind of as soon as i started doing the medical class thing everything kind of got pushed to the side you know like any any time uh uh john or uh roommate mike wanted to do something i was like if it's not the weekend it's not happening because uh i got medical facts to stuff on my brain you know those those hands aren't going to reattach themselves and those wampa wounds aren't going to uh back to themselves had to had to make sure I was studied up, uh, but I'm really really enjoying the High Republic stuff as a Jedi fanboy because the High Republic era seems to be a reflection of the Jedi at their best, which tipping my hat to 
uh, all the Jedi haters out there, when they say the Jedi are awful in some of the media that's come out so far, they're not entirely wrong. They're definitely not the Jedi at their best. So I've been really excited to see them come into their own, and maybe we'll do a, a future cast about that once I get more info on the fleshed out universe and then john you and i recently guested on uh, another project with the front row film roast crew and that was a ton of fun well well, they wanted us to to roast was it a new hope at first right Ian and i couldn't make that particular recording because uh we had to watch wrestling right you know priorities, guys. Uh, <laughs> do I want to watch? I want to watch a movie, a forty-year-old movie about fake stuff in space, or do I want to watch a bunch of people um, fight uh, in predetermined uh, fake combat? I mean, yeah, in their underwear. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys, it's easy. <laughs> but uh, well, we rescheduled, and they had us on to uh, review the Clone Wars uh, cartoon. Uh, we initially we were going to just watch the first. Three episodes, and we ended up, I think, what, going through five? Four or five? Uh, you know, it's kind of blurry after the first episode. Yeah, this is not, this is not anything against the, 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 the way that it worked, but they did have a drinking game attached to it. So by the third episode, I was kind of just going with the flow. I'm not entirely sure how many episodes Um, we got through. The, uh, one of the rules was drink every time they say Jedi or Master. And the first episode of the Clone Wars, it is said quite often and not a lot in the preceding episodes. Uh, it, it was painful. They had, they had to modify the rules mid, mid episode. And even but, at the end, I, I distinctly remember when they're like, maybe maybe we'll just change the rule to this. And I was like, that's not going to help. <laughs> but yeah. they were fantastic, and that was a hell of a good time. Uh, yeah, and if you're interested in checking out what they do, they stream nearly every day on uh, Twitch. Uh, their, what is their screen name, their address. You can find them there at twitch.tv slash filmroast. Uh, we'll I just, put a link in the doobly boo. Yeah, I just clicked on it, and uh, they are currently roasting episodes of Friends tonight. So yeah. they run the gamut of shows and movies. They have each day is a specific specific theme. Like uh, one day is uh, sitcoms, one day is reality shows. Every now and then they do uh, ex Mormon film reviews where they uh, watch religious movies. It appears. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, th- they were a lot of fun. Yeah, so please go check them out. And if you're joining us today because you uh, became aware of us during uh, Front Room Film Rest, Roast, hi, how's it going? This is uh, this is this is kind of how things are here. So stick around if you want. We're a little bit more rambly than usual, but only a little. Hopefully, we'll have uh, some more succinct. We uh, we've got some some good ideas coming up for future episodes. And if you want to uh, suggest any uh, episode ideas for us or want us to talk about anything Star Wars related, please feel free to let us know uh, on our Twitter at Hothpod or at Hothpod at gmail.com. We would be happy 
to hear those ideas. One of the things that surprised me the most about our invitation to uh, Front Row Film Roast was because it was uh, the fact that they said that not only had they heard of us, but other people had heard of us as well. And that didn't make sense to me. So if you want to do me a favor for my brain, if you are here from uh, Front Row Film Roast, please go ahead and just send us a tweet and say, hey, we found you through them. Because we would like to give them the credit for uh, our, our, our newfound listeners. Because we're, we're, we were really surprised and honored and uh, very confused. All of, all of the many emotions roiling up inside. Um, I, would like yeah. to send a, I would like to send a thank you to, uh, to Bill. Bill, you know who you are. He sent us an email after our appearance on the show. Uh, and let me know that after three and a half years of doing the show, I have never put an About the Host section on our website. He started his email with, uh, I searched your website but couldn't find your names. I was embarrassed and angry, mostly at Ian. Uh, <laughs> How is this my fault? I mean, it. you know what? It is partially my fault well, because I, I have I, admin privileges on the website too. So uh, this is, well, there's this a, is both of us. We, we have a, a subtitle under, under the podcast name on the main site. We have a, a subtitle that at the moment says On the Verge of Greatness. And I think at some well, point... Well, that's just not true. <laughs> it, it, that thing used to rotate with random quotes. Uh, and then I I broke that feature. I'm pretty sure at some point that used to have our names on it, and then I just never thought of putting a, an about the host in there. So if you're wondering who we are, uh, listen to an old episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, uh, I'm Ian. That's John. And then Welcome. we have uh, we have special regular guest roommate, Straight Facts Mike, who is. Pretty much just considered a part of the podcast family at this point. We've had him on so much. He's he's pretty much uh, our, um, a mainstay guest on the pod. And speaking of uh, roommate Straight Facts Mike, another thing that we've been up to during this break period, hiatus period, is uh, I managed to rope John and roommate Mike into joining me uh, back in uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO. And we've been kind of messing around in there. I wanted to go through the story again and have been enjoying my time back in the game. So look forward to a future episode on that, uh, where we discuss the ridiculous hats that John finds in the game. I do enjoy the hats. Quality. They are pretty ridiculous and quality. Uh, anything else, John, that's been going on lately? We're kind of getting back into it, getting back into the groove. Uh, anything Star Wars related that you want to talk about before uh, we we uh, sign off for the night and get back to doing the the in depth Star Wars content that you've come to know and love and expect us to ignore here at Hot Topics? I would like to throw this out. Uh, it's kind of as a feeler. I, I know for many years now, you and I have talked about doing a Star Wars tabletop RPG game for uh, the podcast. And there are several Star Wars RPG systems that are out there, from the newer Fantasy Flight game ones to the old Weston game one, uh, to even just kind of running our own thing using something like GURPS or something. If anyone out there has any recommendation on which ones they like better, I'd love to hear them. It's, it's so easy to get like lost in a, a the Discord of which system is better. 
Uh, but I haven't actually heard anything from people that have played a particular one. Just people that have sure. brand um, brand loyalty, loyalty, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I have both like a, a ton of the Fantasy Flight stuff and the, the Saga Edition, which was D20, uh, D&D style. Um, oh, so, but yeah, so if you if you have a, a suggestion for that, or uh, maybe uh, yeah, if 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 it, if this is something that really interests you, watching us play a, a Star Wars RPG, uh, let us know, and 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 let us know, kind of like you know what era you you would be interested in seeing played, because I know that's a big and factions and storylines and stuff, because that's that's a big gambit to try to pick from. So yeah, I'd really love to introduce our tens of listeners to. Uh, a sluice quasar blast of of the quasar blast family, who oh, is a man. who is a character uh, or family I have played in every every time we played a Star Wars game. It's the, the lineage of the quasar blast family throughout the galley, uh throughout the Star Wars timeline is 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 my favorite thing. Yeah, because it <laughs> is ridiculous. More more on that to come. But yeah, if that's something that that you're interested in, please uh, let us know. We'd we'd love to hear uh, your input on that. Let's see. Any 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 anything else? Any final notes, John? Are you gonna get that that uh, Star Wars uh, Republic Commando now that it's on newer things and doesn't look like garbage? I know it's a I'm hot sorry. Take, but... I'm sorry. What is this? Is this something I'm not aware of? Did they did they do a remaster of Republic Commando? I don't know if it's like a full remaster, but it is on it is on new jet current gen uh, systems. I will have to take a look at that because I remember really enjoying Republic Commando, and then I got it as part of like a humble bundle thing. I was like, I'm gonna go replay this. And you're right. It it's not. Oof. It is. It is from a bygone era in terms of graphical interface quality. I I never played it when it when it first came out, and the same thing. I got it in a like a humble bundle type thing. And what I remember from loading it up is that it looked like I was playing a Nintendo 64 game on yeah. on my PC, which is just not what I was expecting. But this is coming from the guy who plays nothing but Command and Conquer from like 1995. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Go on. Continue. You're trying to you're trying to Command and Conquer shame me, but it's not going to work. <laughs> I've made my point. Um, but uh, you're you're absolutely right. It's an original Xbox title, and it needed some graphical improvements uh, in order to be playable. So if that's a thing, I'd be very interested in it. There's also been rumors that. Uh, they're flying around that they're, uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic 3 is being batted around as an idea, which I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure if that is a great idea, uh, unless they do like a Knights of like the High Republic type thing. Like the rumors that I was hearing, that that's what I assumed that they were going to try to do. Yeah, because the continuation. Yeah, the continuation isn't necessarily. Of that story, you know, it, it kind of all wrapped itself up in the the MMO, and also all of that's legends at this point anyway. So it'd be cool to get something current canon, uh, exploring a new era. That'd be really nice. Yeah, but I'll be sure to check that out too. And we're gonna continue playing Swotor, at least myself and 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 roommate Mike are, and John will try to get through 
the rest of the story on those characters whenever we find time. Uh, Star Wars video game, and it's a thing. Um, they announced the, the cast list for uh, Obi-Wan, which I'm... You know, you'd think I'd be the most excited person on the planet for an Obi-Wan film, uh, or a series, rather, but I constantly ricochet from being uh, terrified to being hopefully, you know, very, very optimistic about it, because Obi-Wan is my favorite character, and uh, the, the current Star Wars group has shown that they've, they can do a really good job with Star Wars television, with Mandalorian. At the same time, I'm like, oh boy... There are just there are so many nooks and crannies and and stuff that is a high high risk high reward kind of project in this. Yeah, I, I remember when it was the rumor was it was going to be an Obi Wan movie, and I remember personally feeling like like not understanding how they could do that. Like where where would the story be? Right. Uh, uh, but at the same time, being super excited for Solo, hashtag make Solo 2 happen, uh, which is kind of the same thing of where would you take the story of an established character? But I think with with Obi-Wan, it's the the eras to explore or a little bit, or like the history to explore is a little bit more established. And to see that they're going to do a show that's supposed to be reportedly taking place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith brings the story they can tell for Obi-Wan to a, a very, very small uh, small area within the timeline. So Which is... I am, I'm cautiously interested because that is the time period of Star Wars that I like the most, kind of early Empire right. type setting. Like We know from the casting announcement that, Anakin, uh, that, that Hayden Christensen's coming back, which will be interesting to see how they utilize him as an actor or, like how, or not... Uh, more like how they will utilize him is 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, he's been in that suit for 10 years. He's been James Earl Jones' voice for a decade. So will will these be like flashbacks? Will they be, will we see scenes without his helmet on or without his helmet on? I, I think what I, I'm, I'm more interested in how they'll tell the story than what the story's about, if that makes sense any amount of sense i yeah i i I sort of get it like there's a great book um kenobi which kind of takes place in that same time period where he doesn't really leave uh tatooine and he kind of deals with being a jedi on the run and like being sworn to help people but also not trying to blow his cover so there's plenty of legend stuff out there that they can take a bite from I have a ton to say on the subject. I think it might actually make for a good, uh, oh, a good solid episode. So once once we get a little bit closer to Obi Wan miniseries like coming out, and I am going to call it a miniseries because that is what they are intending, as far as I uh, understand. Right. But once we get a little bit closer to that coming out, we'll do a, we'll do an Obi Wan speculation episode like we've done for for other projects. So um, the one the one thing that I would like to see in that show that. I, I know they won't do, and if they do, it will be my maybe favorite series, is do something where every episode starts with a young Luke getting into trouble, old Ben helping him get out of that, and then old Ben telling Luke a story, and then a flashback happens. Whether those stories are true things that happened to Obi-Wan uh, when he was just being a crazy old wizard, or completely certain point of view type 
Tall Tales. Sure, I like think, like almost almost a, a Marvel what if type of thing. Yes, uh, which I think they're doing something similar for Star Wars. I think that, that's what the Visions, Visions thing is. Yeah, I've heard that's going to be that's compared more to like the Animatrix sort of anthology of stories. Which I'm uh, fine with but, because if there's two things that I Ian love, it's anime and Star Wars. So <laughs> give me more of those things, please. Yeah, and uh, the other show coming out that's, that's filming right now, the the casting and Andor standalone. I feel really bad because I continuously forget that that's a thing. I'm sure once it comes out and once I watch episode one, I'm going to be blown away by it and I'm going to love it because it's Star Wars and live action and these guys have been doing a great job uh, and it's going to be awesome, I'm sure. But like, I think it's kind of because the story of Cassian Andor to me felt told in Rogue One, right? Like those characters had their their movie and then they had their end. So I don't seem to like uh, something. There's an interest block there for me. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's how I feel about an Obi Wan series. There's yeah, I, that's exactly how I feel. Like there's. There's something that I'm not getting about what would make an Obi-Wan series interesting, but I'm going to watch it regardless. Right. Um, for for me, the Andor series, uh, and the thing that I loved about Rogue One and and Solo, hashtag make Solo 2 happen, uh, what I liked about those those movies is that it was a movie set in Star Wars that didn't have a Force user as the main character. Which is something I've always been interested in. Is uh, we always see these stories with magical plot armored space wizards, uh, sword wielding space wizards. I've always wanted to see what the average Joe in that universe does, and I think that that goes back to like my first experiences with Star Wars, the the original Star Tours ride, which was you take on the role of a tourist in the Star Wars galaxy, and then the Ewok movies, which kind of have the force in them sometimes if you consider the witches on Endor to be witches of Dathomir which I'm not sure if that's canon or if those it's kind of a signed up gone crosshead. Yeah, um, yeah, that that's pretty much that's that's one of those things where someone goes are the are the Ewok movies canon and then you just kind of go, "Oh, look a bird." I'm more excited about the Andor series cuz I'm I'm interested to see what the what the the rebels fight was before they had a jedi on their side sure yeah uh so tons of upcoming star wars projects to look forward to we also got uh, the book of boba fett uh whatever that is going to be the end of uh what was that the, the end of this year december i think the the tagline said uh tons of new star wars projects coming out to look forward to Tons of new costuming uh, things to look forward to. We got some good ideas for some more topics, um, and we'd love to hear your input for more topics. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode, a catch-up episode, a returning episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. If you want to learn more about us, see some more posts, listen to some older content. If you're new here, hi, welcome. You can visit our website, hothtopicspodcast.com. You can also send us an email at hothpod at gmail.com or tweet at us on the Twitters at hothpod. Thank you very much for joining us. Please 
send in your, your tweets and your emails. Let us know what you want to listen to next, if there's any particular topics. Or just say hi if you're new here. Uh, we'd love to know who you are and, and say hi and welcome you to the apparent listener base that we have that we had no idea about. Thank you for joining us for this episode. I've been Ian. I am uh, looking forward to recording an episode in two to three months to apologize for not recording in those two to three months. That's been John, and I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure that that prediction doesn't become a reality. Thank you very much, everybody. We will see you next time.